myself. Oh, yeah. I bring my own food and cook for myself. In the van? I don't cook in there. I um I'll get like rooms, like like uh hotel rooms to cook in our Airbnbs yeah. Bs and Bs. How long ago did you get diagnosed? Um with Crohn's? Two thousand nine. Was there a point when you thought that that might be the end of your touring life? Um, yeah. I mean, maybe I thought it would be the end of my life, um, yeah. at times, but yeah, it, I, I definitely, I've definitely had to tailor the way that I tour. It gets that bad that you really thought that that was it? Uh, oh, I, I didn't, well, I'm sort of being a little melodramatic, maybe being melodramatic, but, yeah. but no, it definitely, yeah. In the beginning it was, yeah, real bad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. When you come to that kind of crossroad in your life, is that the sort of thing that makes you want to make more music? Do you cut that off? I find that people tend to go both ways with things. I think it's changed the way I think about what I do in all all aspects of my life, really. You know, anytime you're up against sort of your 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 mortality, you know, your your earthly vessel. You that know that I mean? was that the first time in your life when it was clear to you that like you were a mortal being on Earth. No, <laughs> I've, of course I had those. I realized that earlier than that but but it makes you realize in a more acute way yeah i mean we all have those moments but then but then something actually happens something intervenes in your life and it's like oh yeah i know it it's really real yeah yeah it yeah so yeah it makes you think about that stuff and then i think it can bring you to a to a more sort of definitely like a more mature place you know but it can i'm sure it can also bring people to just bitterness you know and i've definitely dealt with some of that and you know why me kind of thoughts yeah but also i think it's made me more you know spiritual for lack of a better word just feeling like you know there's much more going on than 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 just what we have here in our physical bodies as far as just thinking about what's next oh i don't know i mean i I, just what's else yeah you know what i mean were you spiritual were you religious prior to that no you, you grew up in so. a religious household. Yeah. I would say that I was mostly like, before that, I was mostly like work obsessed, obsessed with what I was working on yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. And just hustle, 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 hustle. Uh, I didn't really think outside of that. Yeah. I didn't really think about the illness has helped me to s- s- slow down a little bit and just kind of take stock a little bit and think about what's important and whatnot. Having been raised in a religious household, did you find yourself sort of turning against that when you were younger? No, I don't think so, yeah. really. I don't think I was like like a rebellious kid. Uh, maybe someone, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe somebody else would might argue with that, but I, yeah. I didn't really feel like I was that much like against anything like that. I don't know. I, I you know, I tried to, I tried to be a part of that stuff when I was little, of course. It's what I knew. There were times where I felt like I I could feel something a little bit, but I never really did. Yeah, I had to sort of not that I really feel mu- that much now, but I I have some kind of faith in in something out there. I don't know everywhere, you know, maybe just beyond uh, or smaller than than uh, our microscopes go or whatever. Or who knows what is 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 happening really here? It's all pretty strange if you start to think about yeah. it. But I think I, I thought about that stuff more probably after I got sick, really, when it, it was like, okay. When everything's framed in some, some like, some like story that has been passed down from sure. generations since, you know, the beginning of mankind or whatever, it's like hard to buy, buy into it for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? But then if you start just thinking things in terms of like, just what we know, you know, through 
science, you know, or, or you know, uh, repetitive sort of, you know, testing and learning and like that. And, and uh, what we definitely don't know, you know, that's outside of what we know through that now, like there's a lot of, uh, a lot of question marks there. I mean, it's interesting though that you use spiritual instead of religious in that original phrase. There's two I mean, different things. Yeah. I mean, you know, definitely two different things, I think. Or, 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 to say religious, whatever. I mean, yeah. that's we all know what those sure. two different things mean. Yeah. It's a spiritual aspect that you found yourself leaning not, into. But I'm not religious at all. Yeah. I don't have a religion. And even my parents would say they don't have a religion, hmm. though they, I would say they do. They would use the S word also? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Even though, whatever, they do like, you know, certain prayers for certain holidays and certain, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that to me sounds like religion, you know, and they believe in very historical versions of, you know, what might be God or, or higher powers and things. So that, that to me is religion. I don't know, but I don't know about any of that stuff. You know, you can't really use words. I think when you, when you start entering those kind of territories, yeah. it's like little, little tinges of a feeling that you might have every once in a while, but of connection to the rest or, or feeling that, that, uh, you know, if you meditate for a long time or you get super high and you just feel like there is like this one little part of quote unquote you that isn't part of the thing that's going to die at some point, you know what I mean? And I don't mean like you're going to go to heaven and it's just like, just that, like that, that tinge of, of, uh, that purpose. No, I don't even mean that. I just mean the the part of yourself that, you know, came from star dust to star remains and is, you know, carrying on. It's important to feel that what you do in life has purpose, you know, especially when you're going through a dark period. I, I think I went through my first serious bout with depression a couple of years ago, and it was spurred on by very real things in life. It was losing a job and going through a breakup and all these things kind of happening at once. And that to me was the most difficult part was, you know, not finding meaning in anything I was doing, feeling that the things I had been working on for a long time suddenly didn't really have any purpose. Is that what you were looking for, though, is, is something to give meaning to the work you were putting in, into the world? No, <laughs> no, I, I don't, I, I almost feel like any feelings of the beyond that I may have make the work seem frivolous. Not even the beyond though, but just knowing that you're putting something into the world that that's communicating with people. I mean, that's an important part of oh, making music. Well, I love that. And yeah. I've, that's pretty much the reason I do it, I think, you know, but, but that's always been the case. I think, you know, I've always felt that. And maybe even maybe less so now. I, I think when I first started, it was all about like making things that will be appreciated posthumously. You know what I mean? Yeah. That just the idea of this thing living on beyond me. Making connections doesn't mean necessarily continuing to make connections after you're gone. Although that's great. Okay, beyond me then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. posthumously, but 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 fine. While I'm living too. Yeah. I'm just living so briefly. You know. That's all. While I'm here too. And and feeling like I can relate to to the people that are alive while I am alive, which is cool. You said it has sort of moved away from that. What's driving you now? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think I just try to get into like the process of it or something like yeah. that. I, I mean, I, I don't, I think that when I was younger, I was just more cocky and more like uh, self-important, you know, I'm still very yeah. self-important. So don't let me fool you here. But, but, um, let, I'm just less naive about how when you're young, 
you know, you know how it is. You think, yeah. you just think that like everything you do is important and everything, you know, like every, you know, everything that you say was given to you by God and everything, you know what I mean? Like, and you know, now I'm, I'm just less like that, I think, but I'm no less passionate about what I'm mm. doing. Just, just less cocky, I think. I mean, at a certain point, it does sort of become a, a job, right? I mean, there are certainly days sure. on the road or even at home when you want to just maybe push that out of your life because it's work. It's a difficult line to walk because the thing that you've been super passionate about and have wanted to do your entire life all of a sudden feels like a job. It's been a job for 20, yeah. 20 years yeah. or something. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean... I mean, not just obviously not just from a financial standpoint. That's yeah. great. And a lot of people would love to be in your shoes. Sure. But when it feels like work. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, it's always, there's always been aspects that felt that way. And from the very beginning, I mean, you know, touring always felt like work and, and way more back in the day. And when it was like what got me Crohn's disease, basically it was just touring like really and not sleeping and not, and sleeping on people's floors and, you know, just living like garbage. It's amazing what you're able to put up with when you're 20. Right. But obviously I couldn't put up with it yeah. eventually. You know yeah. what I mean? It got, it got, it got to me as well as whatever. I'm sure diet plays a role and of course genetics play a role and all that stuff. But you know, that kind of stressy ass lifestyle and I'm always fucking yelling at some promoter or airline uh, you know, attendant or um, uh, you know, desk attendant or whatever about something or other, and uh, I don't do any of that now. I don't yell at people anymore. Sometimes I do, but you know, not like, not like when I was young and I was the tour manager. I was the guy in charge yeah. of everything. Nowadays, I'm not that person. So. Yeah, I, I met Brent. He seemed very nice. And Brent is a sweetheart. He doesn't have to yell at people because he he's yeah. he, sweet. But yeah, man. So that wasn't that wasn't a good lifestyle, I don't think. But yeah, that 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 always felt like work. And nowadays, touring is a lot easier for me, you know, in in the because I've made it that way uh, on purpose so that I don't go crazy. You know, are you, you just know. a mellower person at this point in your life? Oh. Uh, I, yeah, I think I'm more mellow. Yeah. I'm always working on that, you know, um, and learning how to be more so like that. Just roll with the punches and go easy, you know. I mean, some of that obviously is, is being able to take stock in how lucky you are that you're able to do what you are doing and, and that you've been able to do it for as long as you have. I mean, you, you said 20 years. And that's, yeah. Especially people, you know, at the level that you're at, that's a hard thing to maintain. It is, yeah. I mean, it, it yeah, it's a lot of work, you know, of course. But, um, you know, I enjoy it. Sometimes... Sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes working on an album feels like work. You yeah. know, there's like, it's, you know, like that old quote, you know, from Edison or whatever, 5% inspiration and 95% perspiration. Yeah. Or what, I mean, maybe it's a different number, but yeah. there, there's some moment, you know, there's some moment that you have where everything clicks and, and uh, you figure something out and you write something in a certain way and and uh, come up with a way to say it or sing it or whatever. Mm. And, and then... Uh, then you you know and that happens for a day or whatever and then you spend the next 6 months you know editing and and uh expounding upon that idea you know is like, is the ratio really that out I don't know no I don't know but but you know what I'm saying yeah. it's just a lot of slogging it out to to sort of make something realized that 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 you uh just had a moment with you know when time comes though to 
sit down and start working on the record? Is that something you have to force yourself to do? Or is it clear that enough songs have come together over a long enough period of time that it's time to really start working on it in earnest? Yeah, I think the latter. Yeah. Yeah. Is songwriting just kind of part of your day-to-day? No, I mean, not right now. I have to be in the mode, I guess, in some ways. Um, Because, I mean, I would say, like, writing words down happens daily or phrases by daily or, or but yeah exactly yeah. um but as far as like sitting down and putting something together you know that that i have to have the time and space for it you know like if i'm the last like eight months i've been occupied with other projects that have taken the place of me of, of me writing my own music i worked on other people's music and i worked on a video project that were full-time things and took all my emotional and mental energies to do those things. So, you know, you can only do yeah so much, I think, as a creative person. Is that by design? Do you need to kind of get out of Y mode for a while? Uh, I just sort of happened. These are things that came up that yeah. I decided to do. You know, I don't always know what to decide to work on, but I only have so much time and, and space in my life to do stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. The projects came up and it was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I find this with most creative people and just obviously just people in general. You need to do something else. You need to step away from that main yeah. thing so you can come back to it and it can be fresh again. I think it's going to be good. I haven't come back to it yet, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to in the spring and start writing some more songs. And I, yeah, I think it'll probably be good for it to just have that distance from, from, from my own like head or whatever, from my own work. There was a pretty sizable gap, though, between the last two records, right? Yeah. Before this one? Um, yeah. Was that you off working on other things? Uh, Yeah, I did. I did uh, maybe three other albums yeah. of different projects. Four, I think, between those two. Is there a sense that you're limited with what you're able to do with why that you need to go out and work on other things? No, it's just that, you know, uh, I like working on other things. I like working <laughs> with other people. Yeah. I like collaborating. I like I like different mediums i like you know like learning learning new stuff and did you get that sense coming into the, this one after having been away for a while i mean did it feel like a refreshed experience no because i had been working <laughs> on it i've been working on moline since 2012 really or 2010 actually really i wrote the first song in 2010 so it like it's like what you said earlier like things just sort of collected over time and then you know there was about a year or two where it was like okay here's what this album is and let's make it what it should be. I mean, that's like four or five year process right there. It never felt like mm-hmm. this, this thing is never going to come together. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you just live your life and, you know, I mean also in that time, in addition to working on all those albums, I, I spent a lot of time sick, you know, yeah. and, and not really being able to do anything, just life. And this, you know, you yeah. take it day to day by day and, and try to try to enjoy your work and try to enjoy your, your non-work and, and all that. When you're going through a really rough period, you weren't able to do anything creatively? Yeah, no. no. I mean, you yeah, if you're just exhausted. You can't, you know, I mean, you don't want to do anything but lay lay around, lay yeah. on the couch, you know? Do you feel like it had a tangible impact on the record, on the, on the songwriting? I think that what I was saying about it making me feel like more other, like, other feelings about the beyond stuff yeah i think that affected the album a great deal those are pretty much the themes of the album have to do with i think persevering through whatever you're going through and sort of realizing that there's something out there that that uh continues on and trying to tap into that there's actually some direct quotes there from some 
spiritual advisors, some from some philosophers that play into yeah, it as well. Yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah. I was using that stuff to cope. You know, it's yeah. like you, you feel like you're going crazy. You feel like now they're just starting to there's starting to be a tangible connection between the gut and the brain, and like you know your head ain't right, man. If your if your gut is way off, yeah. like your head is off, you know, it's not right. So you I just had some point it's like, all right, I'm going to just listen to these Ram Dass lectures and try to like, you know, try to, try to live, uh, live through it all. And just, you know, anybody that gets sick knows what I'm talking yeah. about. You, that's just part of it or depressed. Like you said, like you, there are times where you feel like, you know, you're hopeless and you just feel like, Oh, it's never gonna, you know, this like, why me? Why am I, why, why did I have to have this life? You know what I mean? But, you know those those listening to those people and and the ideas that you know that they talked about and I remember listening to this this Sharon Salzberg book and she's like a one of a, another one of these Jewish uh, Buddhists you mm. know and she's talking about how how to sort of cope with pain and and like instead of trying to ignore it or taking a pill you might take that make the pain go away for yeah. a minute kind of just living in it and and focusing on it to the point where you feel the pain and then you feel the space between the pain you feel the places where the pain is not you feel the places where it is and then, you know like it's a meditation on or body meditation or something like that but that helped a lot you know me like realizing that okay well you know these are waves of pain and and they're coming you know every few seconds but there's all these seconds where i'm not in pain yeah i think all that stuff definitely contributed to what that album so the advice is lean into the pain to focus on the pain yeah that sounds miserable yeah but you're but you're like yeah. noticing you just you're just it's just about awareness body yeah. awareness and yeah because we tell these stories like oh you know to ourselves like oh i'm i'm in i'm miserable you know what i mean mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in pain i'm miserable i think the idea is to like just realize that that's not all that's not the whole story so part of it too is to lay off the the pain meds? Oh, I'm not on pain meds. Yeah. And I never have been really. I mean, maybe I've tried them once or twice recreationally. Maybe. I uh, Maybe not. Oh, and I've been on them for, I broke my hand sure, sure, a sure. couple times or whatnot. No, that's not, the, I'm, that, that was just an example of yeah. what she might be talking about. I'm curious, as somebody who grew up a Reformed Jew, what, what the world of Jewish Buddhism is. I mean, every American Buddhist is Jewish pretty much. Yeah. Like, Sure. Why is there, why is there so much crossover? Sharon Salzberg. It's just Jewish hippies from the 60s. Like that, I don't know. It's yeah. just a thing. Like they, like if you follow that world, like that's just their whole crew is Jewish Buddhists pretty much. I mean, you know, there's there are some exceptions, but I don't know. It's It has something to do with middle class, <laughs> East Coast Jews who were hippies, yeah. I think. In sort the of 60s. like Allen Ginsberg and everybody after. Exactly. Like, I mean, and they, you know, he was yeah. like part of that too. So he, he was also a Buddhist Jew. So you were kind of actively looking for a spiritual community or no, t- no, I don't have a spiritual, I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not, no, sure. no, I, I'm not. Maybe a better way of framing it is like, how did you fall into that? I mean, how was that? How did you find it? And why was that the thing that really spoke to you? I don't know. There's something about just like being quiet and I just like kept, people kept talking about meditation. I mean, maybe yeah. that was like a 2015, like trope yeah mindfulness mindfulness and meditation yeah. you know and like you get the app the headspace app yeah. and you you know and then you know i was listening to duncan trussell i don't know just running into people I was like oh do you meditate like oh, i meditate you know so I, I started doing that a little bit and then just started sort of like finding out about these yeah. people i don't know i'm just looking at 
audible.com like what kind of book about meditation can i get and then you know i listened to the russell simmons book r.i.p his dignity and i right i mean i think he's he's done and i i i listened to yeah so i got that book i got the sharon salzberg yeah. book and some ramdas lectures and you know i don't know it's just whatever i'm not i'm not it's just something that that i that i felt like helped me a bit yeah through, through my difficult times and you know and i think it's it's Stuck, but I'm not a Buddhist, like I said. I, you know, I went to a few meditation, like yeah. Sunday morning meditation. You know, it's not like church, but people sit around and meditate together and whatever. So I did that a few times. I thought that was cool. I just think there, there's something to be learned from that for sure. You mentioned that sort of upswing with all the apps and everything, and that, that has been yeah a, a thing for a couple of years now. And you know, I, I'm wondering if there's like a, an eventual backlash or at least like a concern that, oh man, am I becoming one of those people? Like, you know, this is the new LaCroix or something. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, it made its way onto the record. You know, are you afraid of, were you ever afraid of this sort of like, oh man, this is going to come off? cheesy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, but it's such a, it was such a part of my life. Like the, yeah. the, the sickness stuff was such a part of my life and how I dealt with it was such a part of my life. I didn't want to leave that stuff out. Like those, when I when I sort of put those samples on in, in there it was sort of in the end of the process, but it just felt right. And and you know yeah. I may I bounced versions without those too. You know like, but in listening to it back, it was like yeah, this feels like the, this feels like the right thing to happen here. And uh, it's maybe partially was my way of coping. You know, and it was and all all my records I feel like are are really like. They are sort of time capsules of of sort of what I've been yeah. doing or going through, you know, in my life, and and uh, you know, this one's no exception. There does seem to be a mantra basis to a lot of the songs too. That was part of it. I mean, like the first track, especially. There's this. What, what is it? There is no other. Is a big mm-hmm. part of that. I mean, that sounds like something that kind of started off as a meditation or, or a mantra. Yeah, and I, I think part of it is like I realized that like I was going around touring doing all this like material that I felt like got me sick in the first place. Yeah. I don't know, just the, 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 the sort of negative thought pattern. Yeah. This like character that I, I created and then became or became and then created, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, who was like you know super self deprecating and and uh angry and um i don't know funny you know yeah. very funny love all that old stuff i think it's hilarious that's i think that's that's a big part of the jewish thing too <laughs> sure of course self deprecating it's, I mean, it's very jewish music yeah. I, I, and i don't even think of it like that or didn't try to yeah. do that but i was raised the way i was raised and it's who i am and 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 uh yeah, I I think it's it's very Jewish music. It doesn't always sound like it, but yeah. I think the 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 sentiment, you know. You felt like you were putting something on record and that you were slowly turning into that sort character. Of, yeah. I wrote a song called By Torpedo or Crohn's before I knew I had Crohn's yeah. disease. You feel like you you manifested. I, part of me feels that way, yeah. I mean, I'm not, a, you know, I don't know. I'm yeah. not I'm not a I'm not a conspiracy theory type person, but yeah, sure, could have happened, maybe. Yeah, well, it's a little bit of that sort of like, again that kind of hippie thing of like just bad bad vibrations that you were. Yes, which I think is true. I mean, they yeah. do these like these fucking uh, experiments with like water, where you like have a bottle of water, and you know someone says "I hate you, I hate you" all day to it, and then there's a different bottle of water, and someone says "I love you, I love you" all day to it, and then they look at the like the crystals of yeah. the water, and it's like you know the one looks like you know perfect hexagons or whatever, and then the other one looks like sickle cell or whatever, you know. 
So, I mean, there's something to all that yeah. stuff. There's something to all that stuff. I don't know what it is, but yeah, there's there are there are uh, manifestations of intention. On an even more direct level, a lot of the problems we go through in life are, are sort of self-fulfilling prophecies, right? I mean, you notice like when one bad thing happens, the dominoes kind of fall, and it's pretty clear to some degree. You know, I was, I was talking before about like about with depression, and I was like, why are all these bad things happening at the same time? Oh, it's pretty clear that one bad thing ha- happens, I'm in a bad place, and all of a sudden, I'm, you know, unconsciously ruining the rest of my life around you, it. You lose your job, you feel like shit. Yeah. You might break up with your significant yeah. other because... You're in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And you were able to sort of crawl out of that, though. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm every day is 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 work. Yeah. Every day is work to like, you know, try to try to be positive and stuff. I I I do feel like honestly, like a couple weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago, something did crack in me, and mm. I, you know, I haven't really even talked about this with anybody except my girlfriend. But I, something cracked in me, and I started feeling really grateful all of a sudden. Like, I can go through periods. I think it was probably bacteria in my gut. You said something cracked in you. I assumed that was going to be a bad thing, but you went the other uh, way. Oh, yeah, it. the other way. Yeah, yeah. I had, you know, previously I, yeah. had, I had not been feeling well for, for a few months. Your big dark secret is that you're grateful now? I think so. I mean, I'm trying. You know, I, I, I like I said, it, it's it's like a it's an exercise that you, yeah. that, you know, you have to kind of like – so it's like faith, you know, yeah. like takes work. You have to be like, okay, there's a million different ways you could, you can, you can uh, frame your life, and, yeah. and you can frame what everything going on here in, in, you know, on planet Earth and elsewhere. You know, you can frame it as being a, a, a just a terrible. They're like, oh, well, why are we abandoned here, and what are we doing, and we're, you know, we're killing each other and dying, or you can frame it like, oh my God, like you know. How did this happen? This is amazing that we're even here at all. You know what I mean? And and it's beautiful. It's like what I'm this thing that's witnessing itself mm. and in you know among all this other stuff. But on an even more localized level, it's like oh yeah, and I get to play in a fucking rock and roll band for a living. Sure, I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. When you do go back, and obviously, like you have to revisit some of the older songs you you're playing tomorrow how do you revisit them without manifesting that you know those those bad vibes i don't know i mean i I, i'm not sure exactly yet i uh i don't know i've been doing them on on this tour i mean a little bit on the last tour mostly last tour was i mean maybe half the songs were from moline or three quarters or something this tour is like uh, a good mix from throughout the y canon you know I, i just feel like yeah like i for me for my own life, in a way, it's nicer to kind of just do newer stuff. Or mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even even Moline is old to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everything, it's like I was just talking about this with my girlfriend yesterday. It's like you you know what people enjoy. I think about art, about making art, is like that spark. Is that is that click? Of like, or you know, either the the one spark of inspiration or the process. You know, you enjoy the process, but like once something's done, it's done to you. Yeah, and like you kind of want to move on and work on something else next. You know, you you've 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 sort of come to the the conclusion of that query, so to speak. Like you know what I mean, and and like you want to move to the next thing, but in this case, and in in many arts, I think as well. Like she was talking about, she grew up doing 
theater stuff mm-hmm. and like went to school for that at a really like prominent theater school or whatever and then like realized like I don't want to fucking you know play this same scene for like you know every night for yeah. months like that's not like what is that I'm amazed I'm amazed that people are able to do that but I'm that's what impressed. we do but yeah. that's what we do with music yeah. you know what I mean like there are kinds of music that don't do that like yeah. jazz you know they're, they're improv- improvising every night and I think there's something more artful in that um, but the kind of music that we do and every other hipster band and every other like rap group and every mm-hmm. other pop artist, you know, you rehearse your shit, you yeah. get it down, and these are songs that you wrote and you perform your songs. You, know you don't want to deviate too far from that. I mean, people are coming out, they want to hear certain songs played yeah. a certain way. I mean, you can deviate and we do yeah. in our arrangements. Like we sit in the rehearsal space and deviate, you know what I mean? And you deviate new arrangements and then play those arrangements the entire tour. Right. So it's not like you're, you know, riffing off of those. There there's a there's there's a small yeah. amount of improvisation sure. off of what we have. But, but not but enough to not feel like Groundhog Day. Exactly. <laughs> it still feels like Groundhog Day. Yeah. That that's that is exactly what Matt Melton, the guitar yeah. player in my band, said the other day where like it was on Groundhog Day. The movie was playing in the bus, and then we went inside to the club, and we're starting sound check. And Brent, the uh, sound engineer, starts playing this same Beck song that he like rings out the monitors with. And Mel- Melton says, "This is the real Groundhog yeah. Day right here." And we both were like, "Oh my god!" Like just you know, it's a great song, great yeah. Beck song, but it's like every day the same. Like at at exactly five p.m. or whatever, you know. What I mean, like this song goes on. Then you go sound check. Then you go do, you know. So, yeah, it is repetitive. But it's also cool. It's, you know, like I said, I do feel grateful to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And I understand um, that the people that have been listening to these albums, you know, I don't listen to my albums like that. You know what I mean? Like, I might go back and listen occasionally, but it's it's with a different kind of ear. But I listen to other people's music like that. So I know when, you know, when I would go to Mount Erie or Microphones mm-hmm. shows – back in the day and he would just basically do improv acoustic guitar yeah. stuff which is really fucking cool i still there was a, still a part you of me that was hits. like i, I just i kind of want to hear this one song yeah, yeah you know like yeah. it, it and that every show you play is somebody's first show exactly yeah so i do want to respect that and and i don't i don't want to you know to 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 feel like people are going to follow me down any little rabbit hole of of uh self-indulgence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the songs are not written in an instant and they're not sort of fleshed out in an instant. You know what I mean? This is work and it takes time to get something to to feel like in a recording to feel right. There's something I love about recording because it is that. It's like this this you just tweak it and tweak it and tweak it until it's like this is exactly what I want it to be, or as, or as close as I can get to what I want it to be, and then it's done to me. And then, like, you know, but, but it's not, it's not right, done exactly. because revisiting it is not yeah. the most appealing thing. But yeah. I do it, you know. what I mean, and and I I can get into I can get into it. We're all different people than we were twenty, you know, ten five years ago. Yeah, are you able to treat it as such as as are you able to compartmentalize and and sort of look back on it as a different person writing that and not yeah. feel too much of that negative energy. Yeah, uh, to an extent I can I can do that. Yeah. Yes, and feel like um 
yeah, feel like this is another person's material yeah. essentially in, in some way. But, you know, it's, yeah, it, it is different. Like, I remember the first few times playing a certain song, like, that, uh, you know, when you first play a song live, uh, uh, the first few times after you've written it and recorded it or whatever, it, it, it can be a real emotional release, mm. you know, to do it in front of people for the first time, you know. But ten, 10 years later, you know, it's different. It's just different. So everything starts in the studio and then goes live? You're Or, or you're not really playing things for the first time in front of people before recording? Not really. Yeah. I mean, we have. We have. We played, like... I remember we played like the uh, alopecia and Eskimo snow songs on a tour. We did uh, opening for Yola Tango, like b- two years before the album was out uh, just to sort of feel those songs out. And I think that helped, you know, create what the songs became in a way, but you know, normally we definitely work on something in the writing and the, and the recording and then sort of learn how to, we might play it live. How much did recording this one at home affect the songs? Uh, I, I think a great deal. Does it make them more personal just because of the way they're built? Maybe, yeah. It would be, it just would be something a little bit different yeah. if it was done in the studio, you know? Not worse or not better. I don't really know. Something brought you back to home recording after a long time away. I think uh, I spent a lot, a lot of money on making Mumps, etc. over the album before that. <laughs> and, you know... It didn't make that much money, so yeah. I was like, "All right, we better we better scale it back a little bit here." And so that's what we did. So it was really purely pragmatic reasons. I mean, I won't say purely. It was a lot of pragmatic reasons, but then also just I did like the idea of yeah. of not feeling rushed and not feeling like um, I, I liked the idea of feeling like I knew what was going on to tape at all times in some way. You know what I mean? Like rather than sometimes you're in a studio and it's so fast that like, you know, you don't know exactly what you're getting and you know, you might leave and be a little bit like, uh, uh, okay, well, well, you know, we'll use it or whatever. But in this case, you know, we could really just keep going until it felt right. When you put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into something and it doesn't perform the way you expected, how much soul searching is there afterward? Yeah, a lot, I think, you know. I've been doing this for so long, and all of a sudden, this is the reaction that I'm getting. Yeah, that was mostly a good reaction, and our, and we, you know, sold a lot of shows quite well. Uh, but, yeah, there were also some reactions that I wasn't happy with and that I felt really offended by, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, like, really got to me. Like reviews? Yeah. Or... Got, you, you, got still, you still read those? Yeah, not less so now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, but you know, it's yeah. And you know, you do something with purity, and then people try to tell you that you you didn't do something with purity, and then you and it it hurts. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. you don't know me at all. You didn't hear what I you didn't you didn't listen to this thing at all. It must be really difficult because you know when when you're using something that's purely creative, you can't put your finger on what the difference is. I mean, this new album was or the the most recent album has been really well received. And I suspect it's impossible for you to really pinpoint what the difference is. I think, in my mind, the difference is that Mumps is an album about being really, really sick and feeling hopeless and Hmm. laughing at it. And, And this album is about trying to transcend it. And I think that that's 
even if it's not necessarily in an obvious way, I think it seeps in and it ha- each, each album has a spirit, you know, and I think it's hard to swallow mumps a lot because it's, it's, it was really hard yeah. times, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really hard times. And I think you hear that in it, you know, it's my best, it's my best lyricism that I've ever done is mumps that album. Like just in terms of, of, uh, how well the raps are written and stuff like I'll never make another album that good again in terms of that stuff. Um, there are things that lack about that album. To me, it's variation. Like, like when I listen back to that, um, there's not enough sort of like production change ups and stuff like that. But, um, it's definitely my best written stuff. I mean, it's, it's the funniest stuff that I've written as well, but it's dark, you know what I mean? Like it's really dark and it's really sarcastic and it's, and I understand for some people how that's that's tough to swallow. Other people, it's their favorite album. You know, like I had one guy come up to me in Germany at a festival, and he was like, "I used uh, to go onto uh, Pitchfork and learn about new. Mu- I, mean, I don't know what kind of accent I'm doing. I used to go into Pitchfork and learn about new music. Yeah. You know, like uh, by by finding out by seeing what was best new music." And listening to that, and then Pitchfork sort of started to change, and he decided that he hated everything that mm. they liked. He was like, this stuff all sucks. And he started to listen to the stuff they got the worst reviews. That's all he would listen to. So he went and listened to, and, and Mumps got a terrible review. Yeah. They, they like gave it a scathing review. It was yeah. like this ridiculous, this ridiculous review that was like really mean and really like unfounded completely over the top maybe the writer was having a bad day or like I, any abs- absolutely of, yeah and i i emailed him i'm like did i fuck your girlfriend like what did i do oh god YouTube? you engaged i'm like did i do something to you like you know what did he say did he respond he didn't respond yeah. no he never responded it's probably for the best but you know I, I don't know i mean he yeah he never responded but this anyway this german guy it's like so that's how i found you he was like i you had the worst you had the worst review and the worst number for this album and I listened to it and I fucking loved it. And he was like, and then I've been, I've been a fan ever since. Yeah. So maybe they got us as many fans as they lost us. I don't know <laughs> because they're not, you know, there's a lot of people that don't respect what they do anymore. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't, can't really comment on that, but I know they usually do more of the pop stuff now. And sure. they, they used to do more underground stuff. Now that you found this thing that's really kind of connected with people in a way that the last one didn't is, does, is that going to, impact the way that you write or produce records moving forward no and i and i don't want it you know i i never wanted to be affected by the negativity of that one particular review that's really all yeah. it was but yeah. that's a big one that's a big one there were a couple other reviews that you know were maybe like this is cool but it's yeah. not my favorite y record yeah. or whatever you know but that one was just mean and it did affect me. No, I, I, I don't want to be affected by a positive review either. It's like you don't want to be affected by it. But if the takeaway here is that you made a positive record and it connected positively with people, that's not such a bad takeaway. No, it's good. But but I, I just want to do what feels most natural. And honest. Because, and, yeah. yeah, because what else am I doing this for? Yeah. Like, if it's true, if it's truly communication, I want it to come from the heart. You know what I mean? And not from the ego. Very easy at this point to slip into, like... What would people like yeah. from from me? You know what I mean, and that's not a healthy place. And generally, people won't like that because yeah. because you're you're trying to preempt something that you you can never know anyway. You just have to be honest and real, and that's the only way to do this. Otherwise, 
what's the point? What's the point? Like, am I doing this for money? Like, no. You know, I'm on I'm on Medicaid or whatever Medicare, whichever one is for people that are not 65. Yeah, I'm I don't I'm not a rich person. Yeah, I do this because it's the only thing I know how to do. You know, and that's the only reason to do it. And if I wanted to make money off of something. I would have done like uh, uh, other friends of mine from high school did and be filthy rich right now. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's a labor of love and it's a, it's 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 a thing that, you know, that you do only when you, you feel like you need to do it and it's part of you. And that's what it is. People ask me like kids on the internet will ask me like, "How did you get started?" or like, "How can I, I don't really write lyrics, but I like me I like to make music. Like, how can you t- give me some advice about how to write? like what? Like that's not how this works." Yeah. That's not how this works. That's not. Like you do it because you couldn't not. Exactly. Like yeah. it's art. You know, it's art. Like you make art because it's it's a communication. It's something that's in your fucking soul that you have to get out, that you have to speak to people about because you can't get it out any other way. There you go. That was Yoni Wolf of the band Why. Thanks to him for taking the time to do that. Really enjoy that conversation. Felt like it got off to a bit of a slow start, but I think we were vibing pretty good there by the end. It was a miserable, awful, rainy day in New York City, so everybody was a little bit low energy, but I really enjoyed it. Nonetheless, their latest record, Moline, is out now. One of my top records of 2017. Highly recommend you check that out. Thanks to Yoni. Thanks to Michael and Kip for helping set that up. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you like the show, there are a number of ways to support us. You can rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Like us on Facebook. If you've got any feedback, it's rylcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rylcast.tumblr.com. That is the first and best place to get all of your RIYL-related information. And I think that's about all I got for this week, so stick around because we will be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL. 